Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Woe Podcast about horses and horsemanship. I'm John Hare, and you found the place where we talk horses. It's been an interesting couple of months for me. In the span of eight weeks, I've taught some horse owners basic horsemanship, competed in a trail trial, and then judged others while they were competing. As I went through this totally unplanned process, I got to see the three phases of competing from several different points of view. There are three components in competition, well, well, without a cow anyway. There's you, the rider, then there's the horse, and finally, the judge. To score well, you all have to be in sync. Let me start at the beginning. Our local stable was holding a Halloween arena trail trial. They would like to see their boarders become more involved with their horses. Naturally, if the horse owners work and build a better connection with their horses, they'll enjoy them more, and the end result will be happier customers for the stables. It's interesting and a little sad how many people who have horses at stables lose interest in them. Anyway, I was asked to help out with the trail trial, which I was very happy to do, and as part of this program, stable management had set up a couple of easy horsemanship training classes for the people who board their horses. We were to teach some basic ground manners, side passing, backup, sending, so that the owners could participate in the in-hand portion of the trail trial. A dozen or so people showed up with their horses and with three instructors, we broke them into groups of four. I was teaching the sending exercise and we went through the process. There are a lot of ways to teach horses to do different things and I'm not gonna go into my technique here. The fascinating part is how the different owners interacted with their horse. While there were some very good horsemen out there, there was also quite a variety of techniques. Some of the people were constantly talking to their horses. Some were a little timid in how they directed their horse. Some asked their horse to move forward while they stood in front of him. It got me to thinking about how I interact with my horses. It's hard to remember where I started from. I think in the beginning, I was a little too demanding on my horse. I wanted to establish dominance and get that horse to do what I wanted. I hope this has slowly evolved into a, more of a partnership. One where I can get the horse to think it was his idea to do this and I can just get out of the way and let him do it. I want my horse to be responsible for his own feet. I also want him to know it's his responsibility to take care of me while I'm in the saddle. I steer him into places I know are safe and won't tolerate any bucking, kicking up or spooking. I don't talk too much to my horse. Usually two or three word phrases in a soothing tone. I'm under the impression that the less I say in general, the more he'll listen to me when I do say something. Unless it's singing along with the songs on my iPod while riding, which I never do. Kinda. Sometimes. Anyway, I'd really love to hear your thoughts on the style you use to build the relationship with your horse. Do you talk to them? Do you pet them? Do you give them treats? Back to the story. Two weeks after this training session, Renee and I headed south for an ETI trail trial at Hanson Dam in Southern California. We love these trail trials because they aren't very expensive 
They're usually a good two to three hour trail ride through some very fun and interesting trails. And the people are fun to be around. We have come to realize it's less about where we place in the group and more about how we compare it to our past rides. Scratch usually starts off a little on the muscle, walking fast and on alert, even though we got there early to have an extended warm up in the arena. Dusty has some issues crossing a tarp or a bridge right off the bat. He usually does it. It's the discussion that precedes that cost Renee points. Having Renee along is a wonderful asset. We talk about our respective problems and what might work best. Scratch doesn't want to stand still while waiting his turn for an obstacle, so in between two obstacles that were about a half a mile apart, we stopped and simulated an obstacle. When he moved from our imaginary staging area, I worked him, then asked him to stand quietly. Two or three repetitions, and he understood. Renee worked on keeping her eyes up and across the bridge instead of looking down at Dusty, and he improved. More importantly, it was a beautiful day for a ride in Southern California. Thankfully, this was before the fires in late October. By the way, I've been wanting to do a story on some of those horses and owners, but I'm not sure how to approach it. We did a show on emergency preparedness, but I'm certain nothing compares to the fear and panic many of those people experience. I'd love to tell their story without feeling like I'm intruding on their tragedy. If you have ideas, I'd love to hear them. Before I tell you about my experience of actually being a judge, I wanted to thank Total Saddle Fit for being a sponsor. It makes things so much easier to have a sponsor of the podcast. Total Saddle Fit makes the shoulder relief cinch. We'd worked out all the details, but before we actually signed the deal, they came to me and said, John, we know you have a special relationship with your listeners. We'd like to send you one of our shoulder relief cinches to try out. If you don't like it, there's no hard feeling. If you like it, you'll be able to tell your listeners exactly why you like it. I've been using mine for probably about four or five months now. Total Saddle Fit has sold over 10,000 shoulder relief cinches, and it's easy to see why. The shoulder relief cinch mirrors the anatomy of your horse, and it improves saddle fit. And it provides more shoulder freedom and elbow comfort for your horse. My shoulder relief cinch has the fleece padding, and the fleece covers all the places where my horse really needs it. But the real magic of the shoulder relief cinch is that it redirects the latigos of your saddle to prevent the saddle tree from interfering with your horse's range of motion. There's a couple more things I like about working with Total Saddle Fit. They never charge for shipping, no matter where you are in the world, and they offer a 30-day risk-free return policy. So do me a favor, go to totalsaddlefit.com, click on the Learn More under the Shoulder Relief Cinch, and see for yourself why this product will have you thinking differently about your cinch. There's a 30-day no-risk guarantee and free worldwide shipping. You owe it to your horse to go to totalsaddlefit.com and check out the Shoulder Relief Cinch. And thank them for sponsoring the Woe Podcast about horses and horsemanship. So anyway, 
the third part of the trilogy, was acting as a scribe and judge for the Halloween trail trial at the stables. We attended a couple of judges' meetings and learned the criteria. Then I scribed for Renee. She judged the first half of the in-hand course. Next, I judged the first five obstacles of the novice youth division. And finally, I scribed for another judge in the open division. As judges, we all saw things a bit differently. When I was the scribe, I pretended to score the contestant, then compare my score with the judges. It was interesting to see the differences. But the revelation was how much difference the judging can make. The more one competes, the more important it is to know how severely your judge will score. What do they really like to see? What small detail will they ding you for? As this was a fun show, we were given a certain criteria. But if there was money or a buckle on the line, I'm sure the judging would have been a little bit stiffer. Have you ever been asked to judge an event? Did you like it? I'd love to hear how you felt about judging. The most important quality I think for a judge to have is consistency. If you're gonna judge an obstacle one way for one person, you need to judge it that way for everybody you see who goes through that obstacle. The important thing I learned from these three situations is that I got to see how other horses and their owners reacted. It taught me a little more about horsemanship. Trying to help people learn how to do a basic maneuver forced me to look back on how I taught my horse something I now take for granted. Learning to be a judge, even at an informal event, gave me a little empathy for judges at other types of competitions. It was all about gaining a little more knowledge about horses and horsemanship. That'll do it for this episode. If you have experience teaching, judging, or competing that you would like to share, send an email to john at wolpodcast.com. I understand there might have been a problem with that email address because of one of the settings on my website, but it should be fixed now. How about sending me an email to test it out? You can find all the episodes of Woe Podcast at wolpodcast.com. And you must already know we're on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and just about everywhere else podcasts are found. We are on Facebook at Woe Podcast and Twitter under the same handle. You are a big part of this podcast. I hope you consider sharing the story of you and your horse with us. Thanks again for listening and sharing our show about horses. Until next time, for Renee, this is John Hare saying, go have some fun with your horses. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye.